Welcome to the Real Talk with Real Women podcast, where we take an honest look at the lies we believe as women and how the truth of the gospel can set us free. Hey, ladies, and welcome back to the Real Talk with Real Women podcast. I'm your co-host, Mary. And I'm your other co-host, Brooke. And we are so excited for today's episode. Our topic today is lies women believe about emotions. So this is a very relatable topic because obviously all of us have emotions and we have some exciting things in store, but we wanted to start off just with a quote from the book um, that really kind of sums up or gives a good introduction to this topic. So the quote says, being created in the image of God means we have the capacity to experience and express a variety of emotions. God himself exhibits a spectrum of pure emotions, including joy, delight, anger, jealousy, sorrow. And he has designed us to be able to feel and express many different emotions in a way that reflects his heart and brings glory to him. The problem is not that we have emotions. They are a gift from God. The problem is that our emotions, unlike God's, are tainted by the fall. The challenge is to let the Spirit of God sanctify us in the realm of our emotions so that they can be expressed in godly ways. So we loved that quote. We thought it was a great intro to our topic um, that can be be kind of complicated to talk about emotions and what God's plan for our emotions is. Um, And so we actually have a very special guest joining us today. (gasps) We have today Lindsay (laughs) Liebenberg, who is an associate marriage and family therapist. Hi, Lindsay. What up, girl? (laughs) What's up? We're so glad you're joining us today. We're so excited to hear your perspective and insight. Thank you so much. Yes. And of course, like always, we need to do an icebreaker because Mm -hmm. what better way to start this podcast? So since we're talking about emotions, the question for today is what is something silly that has made you cry? Lindsay, I want you to start. All right. Well, strap in. Um, (laughs) No, this actually happened pretty recently. Um, my husband and I, I love my husband to death, been married for two years now, so we're pretty, you know, newlyweds. But last, was it last weekend? Yeah. Last weekend we went to Joshua Tree and, um, you know, I was so busy like preparing for, oh, we need groceries and we need all these things because we were going to go like glamping. We had like a glamping. Tent. It was like, yeah, it's like one of those. It's called a yurt. Have you heard of a yurt before? Yeah. Okay. I haven't heard that term before until now. But we got this yurt ready to go. And we get there. And it's like 8 p.m. We're ready to go for the weekend. And it's freezing. It's like probably 30 degrees. And when we get there, I realize I did not bring my suitcase. Oh. <laughs> Because if you know me, you're probably like, of course you didn't bring (laughs) your suitcase because... Like your whole suitcase. Like everything that you packed for this trip, you didn't bring. Like um, everything you could think that you might need to stay alive in 30 degree weather. And how long were you going to be there? (laughs) Three days. Okay. So I kind of... So when I came to this realization, my husband, Andre, he goes into the yurt because he's like, hey, where's your bag? And I'm, I'm like, surely, no. And I'm having this, like, panic, like, catastrophe, like, bombs going off of my head. And I'm like, no, 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 And then I look, and that's when I realize, like, oh, my gosh. 
I'm wearing flip-flops right now. I'm wearing, like, <laughs> leggings. Like, you can tell I'm from San Diego. Yeah. I'm wearing leggings. I'm wearing this tiny little, like, hoodie. And this is what I have for the weekend. So <sighs> while he's in the tent, <laughs> I, like, again, bombs are going off in my head. And I just start crying. Because so I was yeah. like, I I can't. I can't. I won't survive. I can't fathom being this miserably cold that I feel right now, <laughs> literally all weekend long. Yeah. So oh, that's so sad. That is honestly <laughs> yes. such a funny story, but not, I don't think, not an irrational reason to cry. <laughs> Seriously. Like, I would have definitely cried. Yes. Like, and that, in that weather, your tears could have turned to ice. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I think it did. Like, there was a little crystal that hit. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> the ground. A snowflake tear. Yeah. It was like a little frozen moment, you know? Ooh. But like magical, but the not fun, musical not like kind. the cold never bothered me anyway. Like, no, the cold bothers me <laughs> yes. very much. Yes, yeah, I did not. I was not an Elsa. I definitely no. just cried and was, <laughs> and then that's when he, he, he was like, "Where my beanie? Where this Where extra? Here's my extra layer." So he like he definitely stepped up. Good husband points right there. Yeah. yeah. What did he wear then? Well, he like, <laughs> I don't actually. <laughs> Where he wore like a long sleeve shirt. I think he had like a hoodie he was wearing, but he gave me his like extra jacket and oh, the beanie and yeah, yeah. That's good. I was yeah. gonna ask if you swapped clothes. So he he wore your leggings and your light sweater. Oh, no, that would be hilarious. <laughs> but also his six foot six self would die with my leggings. I feel like yeah. they would look like kind of like they'd be capris, capris for sure. Bermuda shorts even. <laughs> Bermuda yeah. shorts. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Mary, what about you? What is something that's silly that has made you cry? All right. Well, there's probably a lot of these moments, but one that comes to mind is one time I was going to get Chick-fil-A breakfast, which if you like Chick-fil-A breakfast, you know, like when the craving is there, it's strong. So when you are wanting a chicken biscuit, you got to have the chicken biscuit. And so um, going to Chick-fil-A, but like cutting it close, Chick-fil-A breakfast ends at 1030 a.m. So... (laughs) <laughs> you know, you know that you got to get there in time, right? So got there. It's, I mean, just in the nick of time. Like I get there at 10, 27, 10, 28. Oh, okay? that's cutting it close. However, there is a line. And so by the time I get to where I would order, it was past 1030 and they were no longer serving breakfast. And I kid you not, I cried. <laughs> Again, <laughs> it very, made me cry. very reasonable. Yeah, very reasonable. <laughs> I mean, they're like, oh, actually, we're just serving lunch. And I'm like, okay. <clears throat> so, like, did you order anything or did you just like leave in tears? I did order something. <laughs> actually, did they see you cry or was it like a hidden? It was hidden. Oh, you should have. I should have really like flaunted that. You should. Huh? They yeah. probably would have been like, girl, we got a biscuit. In the I bag. know they had a biscuit in there. I know. That's the thing. I know but that they did. It was emotional. Yeah, I'm sorry. That. Sounds traumatic. Yeah. Especially considering like you love Chick-fil-A. There's literally Chick-fil-A on our table right now yeah, in front of it you. for dinner. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think you guys probably like fund a full one employee salary a year, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. And I know who those employees are. Yeah. So <laughs> yes. if you're listening, you're she, welcome. She is a sponsor. <laughs> I would say a sponsor. It's the next level. <laughs> we're like, how have you guys been doing in COVID? And they're like, surprisingly well. And we're like, yeah, that doesn't surprise us. <laughs> It's because of us. You're like, we are devoted. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Brooke, what is, what's yours? What's something silly that's made you cry? You know, it's fitting that Lindsay's here right now because (laughs) 
We took, so ladies, if you went on our fall getaway day to Julian, you know, we hiked to that top of the mountain and you all witnessed this moment Mm -hmm. where, okay, so Lindsay, you have a golden retriever puppy, right? Yes. Yes. She's perfect. (laughs) So perfect. She is the perfect puppy. Yeah. And so we're up there. She's got this little handkerchief scarf around her neck and I'm already like in love with Luna. And so we're at the top and then this mom golden retriever puppy with the matching handkerchief comes mm-hmm. up to the top of the mountain and Luna like goes up and puts her <laughs> arm around this po- this dog and I just like lost it. I was like, oh my gosh, it's so beautiful. The cuteness. And I literally got tears in my eyes <laughs> and <laughs> my friend looks over. She goes, you okay? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, you're just sitting at the top of this mountain like oh pondering life. But like, no, you're just watching this interaction between two golden retrievers it was the perfect moment i have to add something to that story yes and this is Lindsay. what you said (gasps) when that dog came up the mountain (laughs) Lindsay said luna look it's your mentor (laughs) (laughs) your mentor mentor slash mommy slash daddy i don't know like these people were probably like what (laughs) yeah they did they were kind of like what they didn't they didn't respond It was an odd. It was we were a big group of of girls and we were crying at dogs. So yeah, I do have to say, Brooke, I'm pretty sure I got a picture of it. <gasps> you did? Yeah. Oh my god. I gosh. mean, it'd take forever if I scrolled down because I take like a million pictures of Luna, but I'll find it for you. Yes, we'll link it in this in this episode. Oh my gosh, yeah, find it in the episode <laughs> yes. notes. Yeah, you'll find in you'll find two little retrievers, oh, and it will bring you to tears. <laughs> Yeah. So if you like that picture, leave a five-star review. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, man. Okay. So, Lindsay, so thank you for sharing all of our silly crying moments. Yeah. But can you just share a little bit about yourself? Because, I mean, we know you, but people listening might not really know you. So just introduce yourself. Yes. Okay. Well, it's always one of those hard questions. You're like, oh, who am I? Who Mm -hmm. am I? Who am I? (laughs) Um, So I'll keep it kind of like normal. Okay. I'm 31 years old. Um, like I said before, I'm married to Andre. I love my husband. We've been married for two years now, which has like flown by. Um, I am an associate marriage and family therapist, so it's pretty new, actually. Um, it feels like I've been on this therapy education road for literally five years, so <laughs> I'm approaching the end of it, which is nice. Um, what else about me? As you can tell from my camping story, I'm a very type B person, (laughs) (laughs) meaning details are not my jam. Don't ever hire me for an event. I will forget significant (laughs) details. You don't want me to do that. Um, I also like to be goofy. If you can make me laugh, it's like you've made my day. I love just like being ridiculous and I have like levels of my goofiness. So I have to like curb it sometimes because it's a little... You don't have to curb it. Yeah. Me. Well, like us too. So if you've been listening to our podcast, you know that that is the same for Brooke and I. Yes. yes. Okay. Okay. Maybe I'll hype it up. Actually, I'm Yeah. Let's <laughs> hike it up. And let's notch. actually take it up a level. <laughs> so yeah, I'm trying to think if that's kind of, that's pretty much it. Again, I'm obsessed with my little dog, Luna. Um, if you saw me right now, you would know that my, um, my phone case is actually um, pictures of golden retrievers and iced coffee. So that pretty Perfect. much sums up, like, my hobbies, I, yeah. I would say. That brings tears to my eyes just mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's a little bit about me. 
Thanks for sharing. Yeah. So why? So you are pursuing a career as a therapist, mm-hmm. and that's a big reason why you're here today, as we're talking about emotions. Yes. So can you just share like why you decided that career path? So I would have to. It's been a, a, a couple of things. So I'm going to try to make it a little brief, but I'd summarize it as I have seen that there is a need for therapy in the relationships or people that I've like observed but then also my own experience in therapy for myself. So I would say for others, I it's kind of funny. I used to, um, I would have people kind of say, oh, Lindsay, you know, you're a good listener. Maybe you should be a counselor. And I would say, no, 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 no. I think it would be too heavy. Mm. Like, I don't think, because I would kind of take people's emotions onto myself. So yeah. I'd say, no way. Like, I'm not cut out for this thing. I'd probably go home and cry every night, mm. right? So that was my idea. And I was like, no, 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 not cut out for me. Um, but then later on in life, a couple years ago, I was part of a campus ministry. And what I noticed was I would meet students and we'd have these awesome gospel-centered conversations. I'd see lives changed. But then there'd be this point where, like, they would—I felt like there was a roadblock. Mm. So it'd be kind of like they're learning about God. We're talking about things. And yet there'd be, like, this eating disorder going on. Mm -hmm. Or there'd be this, like, I have anxiety to the point where, you know, I can't do X, Y, and Z. And— and I'm kind of like, well, what what do we what do we do? I don't really feel equipped to like, how do I kind of help this student out yeah. when, you know, I'm sharing the gospel with them. But yet there's something that's not breaking down. Like there's yeah. something that's kind of not computing with this person. And I can relate to those things, too. So um, I felt like, OK, I wanted to be more equipped to handle these, I would say, emotional blocks that really, in some cases, kind of prevent people from understanding God mm-hmm. or understanding themselves. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I want more training in that. And then for myself, with my own therapy, um, it's kind of funny. I remember being in my mid-20s, and I had, like, roommates that were like, everyone says you should get therapy in your mid-20s. And I thought, well, like, okay, okay, cool, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, so I was kind of just open to it. But the other thing was I was also kind of I had been single for probably four years at that point. And I'm talking single like zero dates, like zero date single, like no guy has shown like really interest. I had like been friend zoned with all these Mm. people that I was like, oh, maybe, you know, maybe them, maybe not. And I was getting to the point where I was like, oh, my gosh, is something wrong with me? Because Mm. like. Isn't that kind of abnormal to be single that long or not being pursued that long or whatnot? So a lot of insecurities started popping up. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'll give this therapy thing a shot. And it's funny. I went in to be like, okay, she'll help me, like, figure out the singleness issue. Mm -hmm. And then what ended up happening was um, it, like, started, like, a several years of therapy journey where I was learning, like, wow, I have, it's not, it's not about the singleness. Mm. It's about the insecurities that go way, way back. Um, and processing kind of all these like hidden wounds that really like I hadn't processed. Um, and I found so much freedom in it. Like I really, I felt like, you know, it slowly, but surely these like big weights off my back were Mm. being taken off. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I didn't even realize I was carrying all those things. Um, I didn't realize that was the source of so many of like just my, my issues. So, um, all that being said, I'm a believer in it. It's Mm -hmm. such an amazing tool if you kind of are open to it. So yeah. yeah. 
all that combined. I loved how you talked about your experience in campus ministry and almost like what you said reminds me of how so often like we place so much emphasis on people's moment of like salvation Mm -hmm. and and you know as we should because of course that's a huge deal but sometimes we can kind of forget the discipleship part of it Mm -hmm. um, or like underemphasize that part of it and it speaks to which I think goes with this topic so well in that like when we have you know a moment of salvation with Jesus yes that does like change everything about us um, but it doesn't always or doesn't usually take away things like depression or anxiety or other mental health struggles mm-hmm. that you have. It's not like, okay, you get saved and then you don't deal with those issues anymore. And so I think that that's such a good like perspective you brought to that and how kind of we as the church need to know that. Mm-hmm. Um, as believers, we need to know that, that like people— it's not like overnight their emotions or their emotional experiences are going to change. We have to be kind of willing to walk alongside people. Um, and I think all of us have those emotional struggles mm-hmm. all the time. So. Oh, yeah, <laughs> totally. And it's almost to me, it's kind of funny because now I'm totally engulfed in the psychological field, right? Yeah. It was like I, I felt like more part of ministry before. Now it's kind of like I'm in, yeah, different. Like the clinical side Like the more clinical side. Mm-hmm. And I what I find is in either one, probably in most, you know, career fields, you have a lens through, you know, what you see the world through your your field. So when I was in ministry, it felt like all the answers are spiritual answers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when I'm in the psychological world, all of the answers are mental health. And the reality is it's not it's just not either or. Yeah. Um, we're whole beings. Maybe it's a physical thing or a mental health thing yeah. or a spiritual, you know, thing. And so it's it's tricky yeah. navigating that, but it is like, oh, we have to look at kind of the whole of what it might be rather than yeah. just one lens. That's so interesting. Yeah. Do you guys feel like that's more of a recent accepted thought like in the church that like there is this holistic perspective to our lives? I mean, like, I think like, I don't know. I just feel like there's maybe like more of a stigma with like therapy with generations, you know, who are adults now or older adults. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. Like, I'm curious, like, what do you guys think? Do you think that's shifted more? In recent years. I do. I think that's a more recent thing. And I think that, you know, hopefully we'll still kind of continue to grow in that acceptance um, because, you know, I think sometimes it can be harmful to have a message of like, oh, you're struggling with mental illness. Like you should just pray more or like yeah. mm-hmm. you need to have more faith. And like that way kind of your emotions will balance out. And I think that can be really, really harmful. Mm-hmm. So I think that, yes, it's a more recent thing and we still have a ways to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. so true. So, Lindsay, as you've, like, studied and just, like, in your own life, what are some, like, major revelations you've learned about our emotional experience as humans and specifically, like, our emotions as women? Hmm. That's a loaded question. Yeah, it is a loaded question. <laughs> Especially when you use the word revelations. Yeah. Oh, like, ooh, what do I know? revelations have you had? <laughs> but it is, but at the same time, it really is a good question. Um and it's, yeah, I feel like I could answer it in a lot of different ways. Um, I think for me, one of the things that I've I've recently kind of taken, taken um, I don't know, I guess something that I've taken with me is there's this group called the Gottman Institute. So it's run by um, two therapists, um, Julian and John Gottman. And they basically say, so when we're talking about like emotions, something that stood out to me that they said was, Essentially, I hope I don't 
you know, um, what's the right word? Botch it. Botch it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you hate you knew. I'm really bad you at it. Just something, like, something else about me. I'm really bad at quoting people. So <laughs> when I quote, they're like, that's kind of not what I said. Just say like the gist of it is. So here's the gist. Here's the gist. Okay, here we go. Actually, I wrote a little gist just so that it was a little bit, it made more sense. They say that our beliefs and thoughts about emotions have a huge impact on how couples and relationships process conflict. Hmm. Meaning, basically, what what do you what's like your thoughts on emotions? What do you believe about them? And the reason I resonate with that is because I've seen a change for myself. Hmm. I remember in high school, um, you know, teeny bopper Lindsay, a little Aww. emo on the side, right? You were emo. All. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't. You guys were. Brooke was like, yeah, I, I was actually. Stage. Did you have like the baggy pants? No, no, no. Not like that. Just like I wore like skater brand t-shirts and had like dashboard confessionals, like my MySpace background Ooh, music. dashboard. That is. That's as emo as I got. That is. The, okay. that, but that's pretty emo though. I would put like cryptic messages as like my status, you know, like <laughs> I don't even remember one, but it'd be like, you know, I don't know, real moody. Yeah. I don't know what it is about like middle school that makes you feel like you like have to be like you know, emotionally, like, messed up. I know. I think it's attention. Yeah, it's kind of like, you don't Lindsay, can me. you, like, give me therapy right now? <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> About your preteen yeah, we're going to actually segue this. Um, Mary, can you tell me a little bit more... <laughs> about uh about what you're <laughs> no stop you just don't understand <laughs> yeah that was that was perfect yeah, yeah. role play okay yeah. sorry yeah. anyway so that was In your pretty, emo days that was pretty much kind of me like I was like I'm different I'm like so much more mature than these high schoolers I was mm-hmm. really actually kind of like that. I was I look back and I'm like what a little turd <laughs> what a little turd <laughs> what a turd um but yeah what was I even talking about oh my little emotional journey yeah okay or what I thought about emotions. But the reason I love that quote is um, in high school, yeah, I very much kind of thought emotions were kind of weak. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is I would watch like people in my family or friends. And of course, we're all like teenagers at that time. So it makes a lot of sense. But just have these blow up fights and, you know, like these yelling back and forth and kind of these like really intense reactions. Mm-hmm. Right. And I would look at it. And it just seemed so ridiculous. Like, have you ever seen two people that are fighting and you're like, they don't realize how, like, ridiculous they sound? (laughs) Yeah. So they kind of, so you kind of, I would watch that and be like, I'm not going to be that ridiculous person. Mm. So I kind of like threw the baby out with the bathwater. Like, all emotions are bad then. I'm not going to be emotional. I'm being emotional is a bad thing. And I just, like, it's foolish. Yes, it's foolish. What fools, right? Yeah. And, um, and I, that was kind of, I mean, I wouldn't say it out loud like Mm -hmm. that, but that was basically what I was like, you know, believing about emotions so I what I did was I I realized even the way I talked was always I think this I think that I would never say I feel Mm. like this I feel like that Mm. um so I was I put a lot of stake on like thoughts thinking is the high priority emotions are kind of the like you shouldn't have priority um and not that that's always bad but yeah it was definitely I could see that I didn't really value them at all um, and what I noticed was because of that was a huge lack of awareness of my own emotions. So mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of like wasn't comfortable with anger. If I got angry, I was like, I just no, I'm just not an angry person. Yeah. Um, so there was just a lot of that, again, that I had to work out through my own therapy process. But what I learned was, oh, we actually all have emotions, um, whether you acknowledge them or not is one thing. 
But um, but yeah, it's like it, emotions don't have to be this thing that you either completely are absorbed in or you completely reject, yeah. you know. And and so, yeah, what we see in relationships is if you have some per, a person who maybe thinks the way I did, you know, back in the day that are like emotions are kind of for the weak or yeah. they're not really like valuable. And then you've got another partner who's like, I want to be completely engulfed in my emotions. You're going to have a lot of conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just have always thought that that was really interesting, that is interesting to think about. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have noticed that before. Does that make like make sense? Or it makes have you total seen that? sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like when you are able to like in at our last Real Talk gathering, you talked about like understanding your emotions helps you like manage them. Mm. And I feel like when you understand, when you're able to understand it, emotions become like a strength, not a weakness, because then you can use it for like productive action forward. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, just, I mean, yeah, I think like looking back on my experience with emotions was like, I would get like really angry and not know how to process it or understand Mm -hmm. it. And then just like uh, seclude and then grow bitter. And then it would uh, like manifest itself differently mm. down the road but I've like really grown a lot in like understanding what I'm feeling and then like leaning in and having productive conversations that is really helpful in like resolving conflict and like releasing myself from like feeling bitter and all that yeah. stuff so mm-hmm. it's like yeah that whole it can become a strength instead of like they aren't weaknesses they're strengths right yeah so. I've definitely had the experience too of like feeling the should and shouldn'ts of Mm. emotions. Like Mm -hmm. I shouldn't be feeling upset right now. That wasn't that big of a deal, you know, like kind of downplaying the things that I am feeling Um, or even being like, I really probably should be feeling empathetic right Mm -hmm. now. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like all those different things. And um, I think that that's like a really downward spiral too. Yeah. That I feel like kind of like you were saying, Brooke, just being able to name those things and like bring them to the light. That does so much. Just being like, I'm going to be honest with myself and be like, I'm feeling angry. Yeah. Even if it's something that I feel like, oh, I shouldn't feel angry about right. that. Like says who? Like that's such a weird arbitrary thing we tell mm-hmm. ourselves, but I've definitely gone down that path. It's amazing if you like, even if you, first of all, you know how mindfulness is becoming kind of like a thing now, right? A big thing. Big thing. And it's funny because when I first, even a couple of years ago, I was like, mindfulness, oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> it sounds like the goat yoga kind of thing. Like, yeah. okay. Goat, goat yoga? yoga? Yo, I do would totally that? do that. I know, That's me too. like my I dream. I also would too. <laughs> I love goats. Can you imagine like having goats on your back? Like, that'd be so it would cute. Be. And they're always like little. Yeah. That would make me cry. I actually, I wonder if they do that even with the COVID stuff. Hmm. During COVID time, I bet they've shut down. I bet they shut. I bet it's <laughs> taken a real hit to that industry. <laughs> Maybe who knows? Save the you never know yoga. what industry is getting hit these days. You right? do goat yoga. <laughs> um, <laughs> so all that being said, okay, we'll have to just that'll be our next women's retreat kind of thing. <gasps> yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> right. That would be so fun. It actually, and everyone gets really to fun. take their goat home. No, well, that's a no. new level. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a different level. I don't have room for that. But I think I'll stick with Luna for now. <laughs> One time, our my staff, like where I work, we looked into doing. You can do an, something called the Otter Experience, where you can go and swim with otters. Oh, but it's like gosh. several hundred dollars a it's person. So, so we were like, no. But I mean, 
hey guys, sponsor this video if you want to go <laughs> make enough money so we can true. go do the otter experience. Where do you do that? It's somewhere up in North County where you can go and there's Wait. like a, apparently a giant like pool. Oh. And like you go in the pool and then like the otters just like come up oh to you. You can hold them. Gosh. You can swim with them. Okay. Well, cute? there's a beach. There's a beach where there's like otters at. I went there. Wait, I saw there the too. otters. You did? Yeah. We could do it for free. Okay. What? I didn't know. I don't think I've ever seen otters like in the wild. Yeah. I've never seen them in an ocean. Oh my gosh. They just sit there on their back with their little paws. Aww. It's so cute. That's so cute. Yeah. All right, swimming wow, with otters next women's really retreat. Digress. <laughs> Dang. You were talking about mindfulness. Uh, <laughs> so bring us back to the present. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of being in the present, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, where was I even going with that? Mindfulness. I I feel like I lose When you job. first heard of mindfulness, you were like, oh my gosh. Oh, oh, okay. Here's where I was gonna go. So I think you kind of think mindfulness like meditation. That's where my mind goes. But what I didn't realize was mindfulness is so helpful because it's literally just, I would call it self-awareness. Mm -hmm. So it's like, what am I literally feeling right now? What does my body feel like right now? Mm. You know, what are my thoughts right now? Um, because typically you're so used to categorizing in your head or being future minded. Like mm -hmm. I'm getting, I need to get from A to point B. And you're so focused on point B that you're going I don't even know how I'm how I'm doing in the whole journey there. Yeah. Um, so mindfulness is so helpful, especially um, just with being aware of your emotions to be like, OK, it takes practice. Um, we're not really trained to like be present. Mm -hmm. And so and including myself, I have to like I really <laughs> actually my husband just told me that he's like, yeah, you know, it's, I think it's kind of hard for you to be present sometimes I'm like yeah I guess I need to do the mindfulness thing yeah um Same. but yeah but mindfulness includes emotions like mm -hmm. how not just like how can I meditate but how can I be aware mm -hmm. right now of what's going on yeah um and it really can give you some good clues you can kind of be your own therapist when you start to do that <laughs> uh oh don't give away the secrets yeah that's that's the big secret <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, one thing you said at Real Talk was, I wrote it down because I liked it. Mm -hmm. um, you said so much of managing our emotions is understanding our patterns. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like what you're just saying with like mindfulness of like here in the present, like starting to see like, is this a pattern? Mm -hmm. And then I feel like that will probably help you manage. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like I've, I've started doing that. Because honestly, like I do have patterns and Ethan's like, I'm surprised you haven't realized this about yourself yet because it happens all the time. Mm -hmm. And like now that I'm starting to like realize like, oh, this is like happening again. Mm -hmm. It's like helping me like grow. Mm -hmm. So I don't have to have like I don't have to have the same path forward in various circumstances. Yeah. yeah. So it's crazy. Something I learned about myself, I would say in the last two years is when I get really, I used to tell people like, I'm not an anxious person. I just don't think I'm anxious, which is a lie. Hello. <laughs> Everyone gets anxious at some point. Yeah. I just wasn't aware of it. So I just remember like uh, just more in my schooling, like, and just learning, oh yeah, you know, I'm kind of getting education for myself on myself, <laughs> but I would learn like when I'm anxious, I actually hold my breath. Hmm. And I like my breathing is such an indicator for me. Wow. Like, and I didn't really realize I would just, it's like, you know, fight, flight or freeze. Yeah. I'm a freezer mm -hmm. for sure. I've never heard the freeze part. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's me. hundred percent. Like mm -hmm. I don't flee and I don't fight. I just <gasps> mm -hmm. <laughs> look wow. like a little possum. 
A little possum. It's a possum. <laughs> I should say a deer. That's a little lovelier. <laughs> I'm a flight. Hmm. Actually, hmm. I don't know what I am. Never mind. It might change. It's not always one thing. Thank you, Lindsay. Yeah. That brings me some clarity. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, I mostly freeze every once in a while. I'm a flight. Mm-hmm. Definitely not a fighter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. I don't think I'm a fighter. If you mess with my friends, I'm a fighter. Ooh, Ooh, if you mess yeah. with Luna, I'm a fighter. Oh, definitely. Ooh, Nobody got, better mess with Luna. She doesn't even know the support she has. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody better mess with her. Oh, man. Okay, so one thing that I've heard you and Andre talk about mm-hmm. before, and you've even, like, alluded to it tonight, um, but you have talked about how— um, the gospel is kind of like this missing link. I don't know if that's the right term to use uh, to therapy. Um, can you explain more about like what you mean by that? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, it's kind of interesting because both Andre. So if you don't know this, Andre is also like in grad school right now to be a clinical counselor. So we're both kind of in this field. So we kind of can over talk about this. sometimes, <laughs> um, But it, it's a lot of fun. But yeah, we talk a lot about how do you integrate your faith with psychology, because sometimes they are kind of at odds, mm-hmm. um, especially when psychology is pretty like it's getting a lot more attention right now, especially with all of the challenges people are going through with COVID. So a lot of times the answer is like, oh, if you're going through this challenge, get therapy and it'll solve your life kind of a mm-hmm. deal. Um And we're not, me and Andre aren't quite on that track. (laughs) We think it's a really great resource and tool, but it's definitely missing what the gospel has to offer. Um, And I I would say it's almost like if I were to explain it, I think therapy, even in my own experience, it's this thing where you can um, become aware of these experiences that maybe you push down or past pain in your life or current pain, whatever it might be. It helps you explore and process all these things that you're probably carrying with you anyway. It's mm-hmm. just not been, like, voiced. So it gives you this, like, opportunity to voice it. But the difference is it doesn't fulfill you. It might come out. You might be able to even, like, to make behavioral changes or cognitive changes or whatnot that can be really freeing. But the gospel, it's like— no one can fill that void that Jesus can mm. um, in such a deep, soulful way. Like, it's almost like I remember I had a mentor say, um, you know, this is back in my single days. And she just got married. And we were, oh, what's it like to be married, you know? Mm-hmm. And I remember her saying, you know what? I love it. And But she said, even when I'm having a terrible day, and my husband's holding me so, so tightly, and I feel so supported. He just can't, like, he can't reach me the way Jesus can. He yeah. can't get to my soul the way that that Christ can. And I always remember that. And I would say the same thing with psychology. It's like you can feel like people are wrapping your arms around you. You can feel empathized with and loved by a therapist or, or by support in your life, but they can't they can't fulfill you in that same way. Yeah. That's so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So true. And it kind of reminds me too um in our training a lot of my professors at least have said, you know, typically a lot of times like therapy can be almost like reparenting mm. because um 
I mean, even if you come from a really great family, you probably still have issues because we're all sinners, right? Yeah. <laughs> so no, no family is like the ideal functional family. Everyone's got dysfunction, uh, meaning your parents do too. <laughs> so yeah. when a lot of people come um, into a therapy room, that's something they talk about is mm-hmm. your parents and ways that they supported you or maybe failed you at times. Um, and so as a therapist, you can almost model and reparent in some ways. Like you can be like this secure relationship when maybe they didn't have that. Mm-hmm. And yet you're still a human being. So yeah. like for me, I'm like, even if I'm trying to be a, I'm reparenting or being a different role for someone as healthy as I'd like it to be, I just can't, I can't be Jesus for them. I can't yeah. actually give them unconditional love because I'm not really capable of that. Yeah. Um, so there's so many things where I'm like, man, again, I just feel like therapy can reflect Christ. It can reflect his kingdom mm-hmm. and reconciling and re- restoration, but it just can't be it for people. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. It like lacks that power, mm-hmm. like the power of the spirit to like actually heal and like do the healing mm-hmm. work. Like, you know, we can do that behavior modification, do all the right steps and tools and all that which are good things, but, mm-hmm. like, there's, like, legit wounds that need to be healed. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's, like, that's the work of the Spirit. Yeah. So, man, that's that's really insightful. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, it's interesting, too, to, like, hear your side as a therapist. Like, you need to have that mindset, too. Yeah. Yeah. Of, like, I'm not Jesus for right. this person. Yeah. So. It's so easy to be, even if you're not a therapist, if you're in a helping field in any way, it's easy to be, like, even put the pressure on yourself. Mm-hmm. Oh, I need to be that. And the reality is like, you, you can't. just can't. You like, can't. that's why the gospel is the gospel, yeah. you know? Yeah. So good. Mind blown. <laughs> pew. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> Are y'all just making that up? Is that? Yeah. Like, yeah. you never heard like mind blown? Oh, yeah. Well, I have. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you had the like, pew, 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 like, you were ready. Oh, I mean, we just, we just added have chemistry. Some... <laughs> okay. You just need the sound effects, you know what I mean? <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> um, so, okay, well, we were talking about, like, like therapy is good with tools, like, giving you things that you can do practically, mm-hmm. which, like, those are good things. So, like, are there any, like, practical tools that you can share with people listening in to this episode about, like, how to manage our emotions in a Christ-like way? Mm. Well... Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, the, the beauty is there is, it's like you can, um, I guess for anyone listening, you're probably, there's a whole spectrum of where people are at. Kind of like even, I feel like even in my own life, I could see like two ends of the pendulum of yeah. <laughs> where I kind of landed when it came with, came to emotions. Um, so I have like three different things. The first one would be awareness, kind of like what we've been talking about. Um but I guess for anyone listening who it maybe you were like you are or were like me who um, just had a difficulty being aware of your emotions for whatever reason, um, the best thing I would say is body cues. Mm. I don't know if I, – I mean I'm kind of – sometimes when I'm in this like, you know, in this field, it's almost like I'm like what is kind of more general knowledge or what do I feel like I've just been – taught so much. So I'm curious if you guys have heard much about like body cues and emotions before. I have, but it might have to do with that I work in a helping profession as well. Yeah. I would speak from a non, like, no. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like you said that. I was like, ooh, what's that? Yeah. Well, there's like, I feel like there's so many psychology trends kind of out there. Like even on Instagram, I'll look and there's like, oh, you can, you know, 
So I'm always just wondering what people are like hearing. Um, but yeah, body cues meaning kind of like what I said before, how like even your breathing patterns. So um, this is something I've done with patients before clients in the past is we do something called an emotion thermometer. And you could put any emotion you want. It could be anger. It could be even joy. It could be, um, it's usually anxiety. It's usually the ones that are, are difficult for people. So like yeah. maybe anxiety thermometer or anger or like even sadness. And you kind of, and you like make little tick marks. So it's like well, zero to 10. And you just basically are like evaluating yourself on like, if I'm at a zero on the anger scale, meaning like I'm completely chill, calm, like what does that look like for me versus a 10 out of 10. And the body cues are so important because again, like I don't think, I think most people at some point are unaware of how they're feeling at some point in their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really good to start, to, yeah, being mindful of it. Like, okay, when I'm in a 10 out of 10 in anger, you might have someone who's like throwing a vase against the wall mm-hmm. or you might have someone who's smiling and going, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's kind of like people are very, very different in how they express their anger, for example. Um, so it's good for you. It's like it all depends on the person. So yeah. it's good for you to kind of the body cues might be, you know, whether you're kind of throwing the vase against the wall or saying I'm fine. You might notice like, OK, I physically feel hot. Mm-hmm. Like I actually feel hot. Um, my breathing is like <sighs> Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like deep and maybe like rapid or, you know, how does my in my hands jittery or maybe they're not at all. Maybe I'm like very, very calm with my hands, yeah. but inside I don't feel it. So it's just good to kind of be like, what do I actually do yeah. um, when these emotions come up? Because mm-hmm. we're pretty good at wearing masks with them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some people are, some people are not as much. But, yeah, you're pretty good at kind of figuring those things out. So it's good to kind of know internally or externally, like what is my body mm-hmm. telling me um, so that I can't really deny that I'm feeling that way. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. So like my throat gets really tight when I am sad and about to cry. But even if I don't like realize I'm about to cry, mm-hmm. which that's probably pretty common that like, but like I know if my throat gets a certain feeling, like something's being jerked, mm. like sad wise. Yeah, my throat's my like chest too. hurts when I'm anxious. Yeah, you want to hear the rest? Yes, actually, I want to know we from both of you. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know from both of you <laughs> the cues. It could be with like it could be with. I I mean I know for anxiety for me it's the the breathing one's like the big the big one. Like I'm yeah. like as soon as I'm like literally holding my breath and I'm like reminding myself like just breathe. Mm-hmm. That's when I'm like I think I'm <laughs> I think I'm having like a little anxiety like yeah. going through the roof right yeah. now. But yeah, what do you think, Brooke? Yeah, I'm trying to think because it's kind of like a new thing that I'm like thinking about. Yeah. Um, I think like, yeah, with anxiety, it's probably breathing. And I've learned like when I need like I need to go for a walk when that happens. Mm, yeah. Um, I think when I'm angry, I'm thinking just like about what that's like. I usually like feel like my chest gets hot. Mm-hmm. That's, I don't know if that's a weird thing to say. No, yeah. <laughs> um, and my heart starts beating really fast. Yeah. And yeah, and I think, yeah, like, oh, you you said this, like you get warm. Yeah. yeah. I, I guess I think I get warm when I'm angry. Like hot tempered. Yeah. Is that adrenaline tempered. girl? Yeah. yeah. And my voice gets shaky. Too. Yeah. yeah. So my voice also gets shaky when I do announcements sometimes, but it's not because I'm angry. 
It's just because I'm not breathing. Emotion. It's just because I'm not breathing. So yes. run, out of, run out of air. Yeah. That'll do that. Sometimes and, it's cold too. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. I have that problem when it's cold. I'm very dramatic. Like my body's dramatic. Yeah. It literally is like. Yeah. Oh, mine too. And my then I'm like. My chatter. Like yes. I'll legit be like. Oh, oh, Lindsay, I'm thinking of, about you out in Joshua Tree. I know. I, know. I was such a baby about it. I, I, that's why I cried. I was just. Yeah, yes. well. <laughs> I shut down real quick. Oh, man. So oh knowing gosh. your physical cues yes. to emotions. Right. Isn't it interesting? Like you have physical signals of what you're feeling, but like emotions are also a signal mm-hmm. to you of like, hmm, what are they a signal to I know. Good question. Well, there's like, aren't there like six core emotions or something like that? Ooh. Yes. What are what are they? Brooke <laughs> is on it. Okay, you tell me the ones you remember, and I'll tell okay. you the ones I remember. <laughs> okay. Well, here's the deal. I feel like I've seen different lists, different places. Yeah. So let's. I'm interested to hear what your list is. Fear. Mm-hmm. Anger. Yes. Um. Pain. Or shame. Um, you know, that's a good question. I don't know about the shame one. I, I honestly can't remember. Like, I've oh. this has happened several times. I'm like, wait, which one are the universal ones? I know disgust is one. <gasps> are they the characters from Inside Out? <gasps> Pretty much. If you Sadness. guys haven't watched that movie, Sadness. Mm-hmm. Do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Just think the characters from Inside Out. <laughs> so there's joy, sadness, anger, fear, and disgust. Those are the characters in in Inside Out. Yeah, because joy joy or happiness is one. But shame is a—I think shame might fall—I don't know where that would fall into. That's a good good thought. I would add it. it's not, though. You would add it? Yeah. I know. I would would think that's universal. I actually have heard that fear is more of a secondary emotion. That when—I mean, sorry, Mm -hmm. sorry, sorry. Anger. Yes. Anger is secondary. If you're angry, it's actually something underneath. Right. Totally. It's not always, but many times it is. Yeah. We'll take your word for it. Yeah. Yeah. Many times it is. It's that's totally true. Um, it's it's kind of funny because the the second thing I was gonna say too, the first one's being aware of emotions. The second one is when you are aware of it, identify what they are without judgment. Yes. And that's I, where that's what I was talking about earlier. Like I would judge myself for feeling a certain yes. way. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because think about it. And and the reason I say this is I did this all the time. I was like, oh, I know I shouldn't be like mad at this person. I sh- and or I, I know I shouldn't be like sad about the fact that blah 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 yeah. blah. I would always say the should and shouldn't. Yes. And it's interesting because we don't do that with our physical body. Mm. So if we have like a pain in our ankle and we say we don't say I know I shouldn't feel this pain in my ankle. That's so true. But we do it with our emotions. And really they're the same thing. They're like they're kind of just like your little gauge. It's like yeah. hello, something's kind Pay of attention. going on, right? Yeah. So it's kind of it, I think what people do is they mistake the like the signal as the bad thing. Yeah. When really the emotions are pretty I would say they're neutral. Yeah. Like Anger is not bad. Yeah. And joy is not good. They're mm-hmm. just, they just are what they are. But it's really the meaning we attribute to it. Yeah. So maybe it's like, I feel bad that I'm angry. In reality, it's, well, it's not bad to feel angry. But do you feel bad because, you know, you don't, you don't think it's like worth, like, you know, the kind of the almost interpretation or yeah, meaning we're assigning to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so people just kind of combine it, and then it leads to this pattern of, 
well, then anger is always bad. I shouldn't feel that way. I ought not to feel that way. And then it goes into the cycle of, oh, I ought not to. So I'm just, I'm going to pretend it's not there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just, it's like, in reality, it's always there. It's just a matter of like, do we, are we, are we comfortable acknowledging it or not? Yeah. And I feel like a lot of times it does feel uncomfortable to acknowledge it and to Mm -hmm. lean in. And so it's easier to not do that. Right. But like, that's not always the health, that's not healthier. Right. So, man. Yeah. I think that definitely like in the day and age we live in and we've talked about, you know, social media and and stuff before, but it's so easy to not feel emotions. Like we have so many distractions that like you could go a long time without actually feeling your feelings because you can just numb them. Mm -hmm. You can watch TV. You can be scrolling on your phone for hours. You can just be busy and like achieving things left and right. It's so easy to like kind of move on and busy yourself or numb yourself out of actually mm-hmm. acknowledging your feelings. Yes. Yeah. It gets kind of backed up too. Yeah. <laughs> Have yeah. you ever noticed? I've noticed this in my life where all of a sudden it's been like months of being busy or months of being super distracted. And all of a sudden I'm like, <gasps> I think I'm having to break down right now. Yes. Yeah. And where the heck did that come from? Oh yeah. Yep. It's stopped up, you know, yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's been going on, but I just haven't been noticing it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm kind of curious. Um, I didn't give this question to you beforehand. So, <laughs> but what would you say to someone who, I mean, maybe it is more than just like one sentence that you say to them, but like someone who's struggling with like chronic depression or something that's mm-hmm. not like uneasy, like I'm just going to be more mindful of how I feel mm-hmm. and like I'll be able to manage it better. Like, yeah. what would you say to that person? I really would say um, to, um, well, yeah, that's a good question. I guess I would say to get support. And I know that that seems like an easy answer, like, oh, go see a therapist. But the reason I say that is um, I do really believe depression is a little bit more complicated than what people make it out to be. And even at times within within a church, right? Um, again, it's one of those areas of let's answer a psychological need with a spiritual need. And yeah. it's not always, mm-hmm. they don't always go quite that way. Um, but I just think with depression, I've seen it be even, it can be very much biological and genetic. Um, so it, it very much can be passed down from one generation to the next, which is also biblical, right? We see that yeah. in um, in scripture very often, how like those kind of challenges and problems can be passed on. Um, but it really can be a chemical. So I know... Mm-hmm. I would just say it's one of those things where um, if someone had chronic depression, I would say, um, one, you're not alone. There's so many people who struggle with it and maybe don't voice it or feel shame about it. Um, So you're not alone. And in knowing that, you know, I hope that you feel the freedom to be able to maybe not share with every person you know, but to people that you trust, your inner circle, or just like a, a look up, you know, for a therapist and to start the process of like, what would that look like? Mm. Is medication a potential, you know, opportunity? Mm-hmm. And what do I even believe about that? Mm-hmm. And you're free to believe whatever you want to believe about that, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's, I would just say it's one of those things where you're not alone, but it's also not like a simple fix all the yeah. time. Um, and then that's okay. Yeah. yeah, that's really good. And I think like not to do exactly what you just said. <laughs> of like giving a spiritual solution. But, you know, if you are a believer, I think so often about the life of Jesus and how he was literally, you know, in scripture, it describes him as a man of sorrows, Mm -hmm. closely acquainted with grief. Mm -hmm. Like he was 
we can get this idea that, yes, Jesus held joy in that he, it says also, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. But at the same time, I, I don't necessarily think that this idea of like, a happy and chipper Jesus is necessarily accurate. Like he mm-hmm. was, he, I mean, I think that man, a man of sorrows, like that is, that's a heavy phrase to for scripture to classify him as. And so even in kind of what you're saying, the not alone, understanding that like you're, you're literally never alone in that mm-hmm. because Jesus was so acquainted with sorrow and grief and, you know, deep unhappiness in a sense mm-hmm. of, um, just being like broken, you know, and and feeling that like lowly in spirit. And I think that sometimes when you're not necessarily feeling depression or down, it can be easy to read certain passages passages of scripture and be like, wow, that's dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> but when you are at that low place, it makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. Certain certain parts of scripture where like, I mean, if you read some of the Psalms, you're like, geez, David, like get it together. <laughs> like he'll say, like, I wish I was Regulate, dead. David. I mean, like there's some intense <laughs> yeah. stuff in, mm-hmm. in scripture about being so low um, emotionally mm-hmm. and spiritually. And I think it's just encouraging. It's been encouraging to me in times of of that that low place to open my Bible and be like, wow, I'm I'm even not alone in like the history of mankind, mm-hmm. because including Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> because you know, there's there's some things in scripture that really speak to being completely empty, literally to the point of not wanting to be alive mm. and how there's still hope. There's right. still hope in God. And so um, just to kind of add that to that, you're you really are never, never alone in that. Yeah, it's such a good point too to even think about. I don't know. I think sometimes, you know, it's like as our culture evolves, we kind of think that we've coined this concept. Like, for yeah. example, oh, we're now aware of depression. But in reality, it's it's kind of like what in the like scripture, it's like, well, it's been around since the dawn of time. Absolutely. There's so many things that have been around <laughs> since the dawn of yeah. time. But we're, we've coined it that term that term now. Yeah. But um, but God's not surprised by these things. Mm-hmm. And he's not surprised that so many people struggle with it. And I would say it's at a higher rate than ever in yeah. the sense that um, with all the technology and social mm-hmm. media that like really kind of actually make it really difficult so um yeah it's interesting to think about yeah yeah I was just when you were talking Mary I was thinking about um Philippians 4 and yeah it just I don't know I'm like trying to process it it, and like how it goes together with like you know the depths of like what we go through as humans and like depression and all that but then it says like rejoice in the Lord always again I will say rejoice I'll, I'll just read this passage. I feel like it yeah. can be relevant. Um, Let your reasonable reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And then even the next verses, it says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, Whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Um, yeah, and oh, and <laughs> what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Mm. And it's like, I think verses like that are really hard to swallow, or especially if you're like in this deep, dark place, mm-hmm. like saying like rejoice mm-hmm. always, like be thank, like be thankful, don't be anxious. But I think 
the truth is that we do have hope. Like even if you're in the deepest, darkest season of your life, mm-hmm. like if you are a believer in Christ, you have hope yeah. of heaven. And that hope can give us this sense of peace, even when we're in a really dark place where we're not alone. Yeah. We have that promise. We can bring our prayers to God. We can be very raw in our prayers. Like mm-hmm. David was super raw. Mm-hmm. And like there's so much freedom in that. And just knowing that like, it's received from God. Mm-hmm. And I love this verse where it says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Like your heart and your mind is guarded. Yeah. And it, that gives like there's peace in that guardedness. Mm. Um, so I just like, I feel like this verse keeps popping up this week for me. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, it's such a, such an encouragement. It's also a challenge mm-hmm. just yeah. to remember these things. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great one. It's, it's so one good. of those like living and breathing scriptures. Yeah. 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 Lindsay, do you have like any? I we guess, us- Actually, I guess they all are, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess they all are. <laughs> True. I guess that's not the only one. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we do like fighter verses. So like something like that. Like for me, like I feel like that's kind of like a fighter verse. Yeah. Um, do you have any fighter verse that you go to like when you're struggling emotionally? Um, one that I just, I've thought about a lot as I'm, yeah, just like thinking about what, where either I'm at or just trying to help other people like work through things is Romans 12 two, And you've probably heard this before. Um, and it's, it seems simple, but it's so powerful. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Mm. Um, And what I love about this is it's saying be transformed by the renewing of your mind and not conforming to the world. And and I think that's so empowering because, again, we're going back to even as as we're talking about emotions. It's this idea of, like, there's nothing wrong with feeling whatever you're feeling. Um, It's really kind of just like a gauge of, okay, this is what's going on inside. Um, and yet the beauty is we can bring that to God and say, Lord, what do you want to do with me or even this way that I'm feeling about this? Someone who's the ultimate listener, <laughs> the ultimate empathizer, who walked among, amongst us, had greater suffering than we'll ever know. And we get to come with him and say, here's my suffering. Like, mm-hmm. what do you what do you have for me in this moment? Um, and I really do believe that's the Holy Spirit that does this really cool thing where he does renew your mind like you can hold on to scripture like that and it is breathing and living (laughs) and you get to kind of just see like okay I'm gonna sit back and see what God does with me here yeah um so yeah it's simple renewing of your mind but yet like it's like a promise like God will do this Mm -hmm. which is really empowering yeah that's good Thanks for sharing that yeah Yeah, thanks for sharing Lindsay it was so fun getting to have you on and laugh and yeah you know i'm still really serious about the goat yoga though yeah we'll, <laughs> well, we'll too. we're gonna talk more about that for yeah. sure <laughs> stay tuned um but yeah i mean for everyone who's listening we you know we've said this before and we'll say it again like if this is a topic that really hits home for you or if you are wanting to talk to someone about it you can always reach out to us um can they email us yeah women yeah. at gracecitysd.com yeah so if you're just wanting to talk or learn more about next steps that you can 
you know, take if you are feeling like you need support in this area. And let's be real. We all need support in this area. Amen. Reach mm-hmm. out to someone you trust and, you know, feel free to reach out to us. So we hope you guys enjoyed this conversation, <gasps> yes. that you learned something, that something hit home for you. And we're going to see you next time when we talk about lies women believe about circumstances. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Interested? Tune in next time. Bye. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to the Real Talk with Real Women podcast. We'll see you next month.